How you doing, Super Scoreboard fans? This is Stephen Mill from the Big Scottish Football Podcast. If you like what you hear from this week's episode, you can subscribe to our very own channel by searching for the Big Scottish Football Podcast via your regular podcast provider. Or you can give us a follow on Twitter as well, at Big Football Scott. You can get us on Facebook and Instagram. And thank you again for taking the time to listen to our latest episode. The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Hello and welcome to the Big Scottish Football Podcast with me, Stephen Mill, and him, Ewan Cameron. How you doing, Ewan? <laughs> All right, it's Halloween. Is that what you're doing? Well, we're recording on Halloween, so obviously... Would you say it's going to be a spectacular episode? <laughs> Is it going to be frighteningly good? Anything like that? No? It's all of that and above. All of that and above, right. Okay, well, it is episode 15. Welcome along. In today's episode, we will review all the action from the weekend in Scottish football and introduce our new feature, VAR WTF. <laughs> we'll also check on if Scottish football were a night out. Look ahead to their three European dead rubbers. And remember, you can find us on all your usual podcast providers and on Twitter at BigFootballScott. Give us a follow there and you can get us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Right, let's get our teeth into this episode like it's an apple being ducked for. No, it's not ducked. Juked. It, juked. it says juked. There's no C in it, look. Juked. When did you juked. ever duck for an apple? No, you duke for an apple, do you not? Yeah, but that's what so it's, you duke, but it's juked. All right, okay. So why did you say ducked? Don't know, because I thought it, I thought producer Callum had sort of uh, missed a letter out, as he often does, <laughs> and it changes the whole but, but, dynamic but, but, of the word. But we've never in our lives, for as long as I can remember, I ducked know, for an apple. But I've it, duked for an apple. But monkey see, monkey do. And I was actually trying to correct it to make it sound better, but in... You got it wrong. I got it wrong and I made it sound worse. So what you're saying is you're like me, you're anchor man. You just read what's in front of you. Absolutely. Well, no, because if you'd read what's in front of you, you'd have said duked for apples because there was not a C in it. <laughs> that's true. I know, that's true. There's not a C. <laughs> there isn't a C in it, actually. What did I say? Ducked. Yeah. I ducked. Ducked for apples. Yeah, there was no C in that, so you've actually got it wrong. Yeah, I know. Well, I've got it wrong. Completely wrong. Yeah, I So I you, you put your hands up to it? Yeah, I did, okay. yeah. Have you ever duked for an apple? Uh, no, I've not. I've duked for an apple. <laughs> It's it's definitely it's, it's duked. It's duked. It's duked. not duked. Like the Aberdeen yeah. player. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. It's duked for an apple. <laughs> anyway, let's move on with our SBFL review. <laughs> Please, can we stop this? Please stop this. This is this is mindless. Right, let's start in the Premiership on Saturday then, and it was the big game on Saturday. It was Rangers versus Aberdeen. And after, what, 15, 20 minutes, it was looking really good for Aberdeen. <laughs> and then after that, they got battered. We'll get to the uh, the talking point when it comes to the penalty that Rangers got and all the other VAR decisions from the weekend. But let's, let's, let's just talk about Jim Goodwin for a second here, right? He was full of bravado on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday. He was giving it big licks. We're going to do this. We've done this. I've sat the players down and told them not to be fearful. We've sat down and we showed them tapes of what the atmosphere can be like at Ibrox. We have no fear. We are going there to give them a game. He said all this nonsense in the build-up to going to Ibrox. He gets to Ibrox and he gets scalped. 4-1, going on 10. Now, Jim Goodwin should learn something from this. And what he should learn is this. Keep your mouth shut. 
Don't give the other team that you're playing against any incentive whatsoever. Keep your mouth shut and see if you do get the result that you believe you're going to get. Tell us afterwards. Say, do you know what? I've been telling the players all week we're going to come down here and we're going to scalp them, that we're going to take the three points. You don't do it before the game because even the players for Rangers were saying, that was all the incentive we needed. And they played like a team possessed Rangers. I thought they were very good, particularly that second half. I mean, they were outstanding. It was four going on 10, 11, 12. They battered Aberdeen from here to kingdom come. 4-1, it finished in the end. And I don't know if anyone anyone else listening at this moment in time is thinking the same thing. You and Cameron telling someone else to keep their mouth shut before <laughs> a big game. So, <laughs> yeah, but I'm is, not a football manager. You're not a football manager, I mean, thank you, God. You, you can't sit in front of the media and in front of the Aberdeen fans and tell them what you're going to do. Is there a problem with Jim Goodwin when it comes to big games? It seems to be that whenever Aberdeen do put a decent run together, which they had been on before the Rangers game, Rangers had obviously been on a bit of a shoddy run, Yeah, and you could see why you know they were confident going into it. But Aberdeen do this all the time. They did the same earlier on in the season with the Dundee United game. They were yeah. on a really good run. They got battered. And they were flying down AM to Dundee to play them, thinking they were just going to turn up and get the three points, got scalped 4-0. This is a problem with Aberdeen. They're a massive club with a small-time manager. He needs to think like a big-time manager because he ain't. He's actually embarrassing himself with some of the nonsense he's saying before games. And take that from Ewan Cameron, who knows all about embarrassing himself <laughs> all the time. So it was embarrassing for Aberdeen on Saturday. 4 1, it finished at Ibrox. Let's move elsewhere. Back on the winning road, Hibs 3 0 against St Mirren. That's a good result for them. He was under a bit of pressure as well. St Mirren, who of course sort of joined third yeah. on the table, I guess. And Hibs absolutely battered them on Saturday. Your he- favourite, Martin Boyle, scoring from the penalty spot? He's still not p- playing particularly great for Hibs just now, but yeah, he scored from the penalty spot. I think Lee Johnson himself was being mocked not just by Scottish football fans that but also jacket. Hibs fans that jacket though. but that jacket but then yeah. what he said after the, the drubbing to Celtic at Parkhead what he said there even the Hibs fans were kind of like cringing at him but he needed that win the Dundee United won the loss as well when he oh, said um, was it um, if you go by the percentiles he won the game I mean we didn't but if you do <laughs> I know would've. and, and yeah. the reason why he didn't take was it McGuinness off for when he got sent off and he goes oh the data was saying he was playing well and he was he was running more than anybody else but he's sitting on a yellow card Yeah, exactly. he's already flying into tackles so there's a chance he could get sent off so yeah he's, he said a few things over the last couple of weeks that added more pressure he needed that win and it was a good win against the St Mirren side who themselves have been playing alright yeah and that jacket. Uh, St. Johnston. Why is it with you in that jacket? It was just a horrible jacket. St. Johnston won Kilmarnock now. Big win for St. Johnston. Stevie May, I said this last week, it's good to see him back fit. Good to see him back scoring as well, getting a wee bit of his old form. And St. Johnston, again, uh, are pulling clear from all the draws at the bottom. Can we just collectively, we round of applause for St. Johnston board for standing by Callum Davidson because the pressure on that boy to get sacked from media pundits, from their own football fans, was huge. Yet they bided their time and they said nothing. They did nothing. They believed in Callum. I think because he had credit in the bank, having won the two cups. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would help. Yeah, it, it does help. But they were close to getting relegated last year. Yeah. But they still stuck by Callum Davidson. And look what's happened. If you just show a wee bit of patience, it might just come good. And with Stevie May and with Nicky Clark up front, they're looking a bit more solid at the back as well. They're a threat. 
Yeah And a good result for them Absolutely Elsewhere Dundee United Oh dear oh dear Oh dear oh dear oh dear Another defeat as well Intern Callum One word to describe that game On Saturday Dundee United nil. Motherwell won Controversial Controversial Which we'll get to We'll get to in a wee second But a win for Motherwell And Dundee United Remain bottom of the league Alongside Ross County Who got beat by Hearts Yesterday You were happy with that result as well I had a sweat on yesterday. I was really worried about that game. Anytime you go to Ross County, it's a tough, tough encounter. And especially off the back of a European game, we've also got loads of injuries. It was a makeshift team. We had Andy Halliday playing at left back yesterday. Andy left Halliday back. was playing. And I he know. scored. I know, exactly. And he scored from the left back position. But it was a makeshift team. And when I looked at the starting lineup, I thought, oh, well, it's going to be tough. I take a draw right now. And then they take the lead after 11 minutes. And I actually turned my, my phone off. I didn't even know what the full-time result was until about half past five when I kind of like sneakily looked at my phone to see what had happened. And to win that game 2-1 at Ross County is huge for Hearts. If we can get to the World Cup without another defeat and we can get the players back after the World Cup, we will easily finish third because Jim Goodwin's not good enough for Aberdeen for them to finish third. I had a wee look at the results after European ties that Hearts have played this season and they've actually been very, very good. We have been good. We beat Dundee United 4-1 after a European tie. Beat Motherwell at Motherwell as yes, well. Yes, we did. Yeah. yeah, so there's been some decent results but after European, just the European bit's been a bit honking. Yeah, it's, 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 it was a makeshift side yesterday and Ross County is always tough to go to. So yeah, I was over the moon. Honestly, I was but jumping up and down in the living room when that result came through. I was so happy. Ross County, not that tough to go to this season, let's be honest. And I know we talk about European games later on in the show, but what I would do right now if I'm Robbie Nielsen, I'm making wholesale changes for that game to Istanbul. I'm not even taking the first team players with me because the big game for us is Motherwell next week at Tynecastle. Elsewhere yesterday, Celtic 3-0 winners against Livingston. Fairly straightforward in yeah. the end. It was Poor uh, defending though. It was, it was poor defending. What about the goalkeeper for that second goal? I mean, Greg Taylor, the boy's flying just now, Celtic's best player this season. But he hits a first-time shot with that left foot of his. It goes through the defenders, but it also goes through the goalkeeper. How he doesn't stop that... I'd be questioning my goalkeeper there, but that boy is flying just now. I love Greg Taylor. Also Celtic's most played outfield player this season. Greg Taylor, Greg Taylor. is he? Yeah. He's easily their, their their player of the year. I know uh, Kyogo, what a finish. That left foot finish. Yeah, not bad. I mean, the goalkeeper's on his knees, not got a chance, it's in the roof of the net. They're flying, they're playing some decent football. And I thought it was quite comfortable for them yesterday, but I thought Livingston kind of didn't help themselves with some poor defending yeah but Celtic of course only have Real Madrid to play this week so we'll talk about that a little bit later on let's drop down and uh, spin through some of the results from the other divisions so Friday night football in the championship it was Queen's Park 2 Dundee 2 and then what a win for Morton Effie Ambrose's Greenick Morton he is back and they beat Inverness 4-0 on Friday night so the championship just a league that nobody wants to win because then on Saturday it was Air United 2 are both nil I gave you that means Air United are top of the tree at the moment what a game at Hamilton Hamilton oh. 4 Cove Rangers 4 and Wraith Rovers 3 Partick Thistle nil Partick Thistle are dropping like a stone and I know they're missing 4 or 5 of their best players but even though they've been scalped in their past couple of matches they're still only a point off the top of the league <laughs> Uh, or, no, you're right, but also part of the ISO fans really unhappy with the call. Like, really unhappy. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, one week they're winning 4 0, the next week they're losing 4 0. You don't know you don't know what you're going to get with Partick Thistle. The other thing as well, though, about that league, 
Are we still saying Dundee are winning that league or not? I think Dundee will still win the league they're they're, 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 They will come through eventually and win that league You know, I don't have the table right off the top of my head but Oh, they're within striking distance, I think, fine. I, I think they're only two or three points off the top of the table So, I mean, it's still It's the league that nobody wants to win But you still think Dundee will win it? And I still think Dundee will win it Because if they're there or thereabouts come January They'll have a bit of money to spend and they'll shift a few of their players, hopefully to Dunfermline. And uh, I think uh, I think they'll be able to bring in some quality and win the league. From first to seventh, there's five points in it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. There, there's absolutely nothing in it at all. Uh, league one. So Airdrie back to winning ways, beating Montrose four goals to nil on Saturday. Aloha putting a nice run together now. They're two one winners against Clyde, who of course sacked Danny Lennon. Oh, sorry, they didn't sack Danny Lennon last week. They've put him on gardening leave, and Alan Moore, who's his assistant, is now in charge because we've got lots of tweets after the show last. Week and we we're talking about managers under pressure, and we didn't actually mention Danny Lennon, who'd lost nine games in a row as Clyde manager. Alan Moore's a nice guy, I've met him a few times. Alan Moore's a lovely guy, but he was his assistant, and they put Danny Lennon on gardening leave. And I don't want to suggest that they don't have the money to pay him off, but it kind of looks <laughs> like that from the outside. I've got no insider info, but you go and sit in your garden, and yeah. we'll get Alan Moore in to do your job, but we'll still pay you exactly. Dunfermline 2, Kelty Hearts 1 on Saturday, and the Wee 5 Derby, uh, Peterhead 1. Edinburgh won as well so Edinburgh dropping a few a few points against Peterhead and then it was Queen of the South 1 Falkirk 3 there's a big game on Saturday in League <laughs> 1 a big big game it's Falkirk versus Dunfermline at the Falkirk Stadium obviously a tough place to go because it's only got three sides to it and <laughs> uh, the sides have already drawn once this season do you know how fearful he is of this game on Saturday now Stephen Mill if you haven't heard the podcast before and you're not aware of this he is a mad Dunfermline fan right He's so scared of this game That he's getting on a plane And going to Chicago ahead of it For the full weekend For the full weekend He can't even face this game Because he knows what's going to happen I live in Falkirk And I know that Falkirk Are excited for this game And I think Falkirk could win Which is why he's getting out of Dodge He's leaving Not just Scotland He's leaving the entire country To get away from it You know Scotland is the same As the entire country I mean, I'm in the UK. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not just leaving Scotland. Uh, you, you seem to be forgetting something, uh, Stephen Mill. What? You have a Twitter account, yeah. you have a Facebook account, and you also have a telephone. So no matter how much you want to try and escape what's the inevitable on Saturday when Falkirk go and pump you is, we will get in contact with you one way or another. And you will have to face us at some point in the not-too-distant future. So just face up to what's going to happen on Saturday. Falkirk will beat Dunfermline and get within a point of you at the top of the league. All right, Jim Goodwin. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, I think... Um, even if Falkirk do win on Saturday, which it wouldn't surprise me if they did, because I think Falkirk are a pretty decent side. They are. Um, Good manager. I also think that... Um, well, I'll get on to John McGlynn in just a wee second if you want, but I think um, when it comes down to it, even if Falkirk do win on Saturday, Dunfermline will still be top of the league. Because we're, we're, we're clear. But then who's got momentum? Falkirk. <sighs> they mean, would have the momentum. Nah. I mean, they have uh, beaten you... Falk- it, Falkirk got beat by Kelty Hearts last week. All right, and they bounce back brilliantly. They go to Queen of the South, which we, is a really tough place to go and win 3 1. We got beat by Montrose last week, and then we go and beat Kelty Hearts on Saturday. Yeah, but you're at home. home. Kelty are a promoted team. Falkirk got beat by uh, Kelty at Falkirk last week. Right, that's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, so, didn't so, he give me it? So, right, listen, in all seriousness, uh, I would take a point on Saturday. Would right you? Now. Absolutely. Kay. Take a point. 
I think that it's going to be really tight uh, all throughout the season. The reason that Dunfermline will win the league is because John McGlynn has been in this position before with Wraith Rovers. And and he's blown it. Bottled it. Yeah. Absolutely You're bottled right. it. You're right. He crumbled under the pressure to the point he actually fell out with me. Um, in the championship Did winning he? season So uh, Dunfermline won the league And it was 2010-11 uh, Right um, uh, 2010-11 I should say And it was between Dunfermline and Wraith Rovers Going for the league It was two pretty poor sides If I'm looking back and being honest Wraith Rovers weren't great We weren't great We went on a great run Towards the end of the season It all came down to the second last game of the season Dunfermline versus Wraith Rovers At East End Park It was a sellout It was a huge match And in the build up to that John McGlynn um, I was working for another radio station at that point and he accused me of um, being biased towards Dunfermline and uh, I was so <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can't really sort of uh, complain about that um, but he didn't talk to me he did apologise afterwards so that, that was fine because he said the pressure was getting to him and it did on his wee his wee head it was just too much for him so. anyway We'll see what happens towards the end of the season. In League 2, it finished Albion Rovers 2, Stenhouse Muir 2. It was Anna Nil, Dumbarton 1, East 5 2, Elgin City 1, Stirling Albion 2, Bonnie Rig 1. Bonnie Rig, by the way. They're flying. No, they're not. They got beat 2 1. They're absolutely not flying. What did I hear you say there? I said Stirling Albion 2, Bonnie Rig Rose 1. Stirling Albion are flying. Bonnie Rig Rose are absolutely not flying. They're thought, bombing. I thought you said. Bonnie Rig Rose won As in won No won as, in, the game. as in they scored one goal right. like, See when I say Stranraer won 4 for nil <laughs> Even though Stranraer did win That didn't It's a bad example Yeah it's a bad example <laughs> I'll give you another example So if I say East 5-2 Elgin City won Elgin won No <laughs> They scored one goal yeah, Okay Yeah so I wasn't really listening If I'm being honest Aye that's fair. I was looking at my bit of paper there That um, intern Callum Has given me about the show today I've just realised we're doing an interview with somebody very soon. Yes, we are. But we'll get to that shortly. We'll get to that shortly. And we have a brand new feature to do next for you. La gente está muy loca. What the fuck? Okay. This is our brand new feature. It's VR. Oh, WTF. Yes. So there was plenty happening on Saturday. Where do you want to begin, you and Cameron, on our VR WTF? Let's go Rangers okay. against Aberdeen. I mean, it's irrelevant what happened with the penalty, but in regards to going forward with VAR, where do we stand when it comes to the handball situation in the penalty box? Now, a lot of fans are saying that that was never a penalty in a million years. When it pops up, the Aberdeen defender controls it or miscontrols it, it pops up and it hits him in the left hand. His hand is out, hits him in his left hand. There's another Rangers player around him. Is that a penalty kick? I would say no. I personally don't think that's a yeah. penalty because... The cross has come in, he's controlled it, it's popped up and hit his hand. He's not intentionally done that. Yes, his hand's out, but he needs to balance himself. I don't think that's a penalty. Well, I really don't. I think that regardless of whether it was a penalty or not, I think probably the problem lies not with VAR for this one. It lies with the handball rule. But what it, is the it, rule? You tell me the rule. I have no idea. That's what I'm saying. I genuinely have no idea. Are we getting to the point where every handball, no matter where your hands are or where your arms are, is a penalty? Because you can't run like this. You can't. I'd love to see you running like that. You can't. Yeah. You can't just run with your hands down by your sides. You can't do that. When when you're when you're defending, you need to balance yourself if you're going showing them to the right, showing them to the left, if you're running at pace. You can't do that with your hands by your side. When you're flying in for a sliding tackle, you can't do that with your hands down by your side. It's 
great for an audio medium that you did that for everyone and didn't describe what you were doing. Well, my hands were doing my side, clearly. Yeah, you So I just described it. You looked like a sort of wooden top, sort of trying to run like a penguin. So I think the Rangers penalty isn't a penalty, in my opinion. And let's move on to Celtic penalty against Livingston, which was there, which was missed actually by Giamakis. But again, it was one of those situations of going, how is that a penalty? And here's what I think. There was such a fuss last week with a handball against Michael Smith that I think the referee felt pressure to give that penalty. And I, I think that is nowhere near a penalty. Again, there's cross comes in from the left. The Livingston defender is running to block the cross. His hand's a wee bit up, but it's in by his size and it catches the top of his hand and the referee deems that a penalty. It's I'm, never a penalty. I'm so reluctant to give any opinion on this because I think that I genuinely don't know what the handball rule is. But, 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 but I think, Stephen, use your common sense. When you look at the two incidents, neither of them are penalties, in my opinion. Not one of them are penalties. I did think the Michael Smith one was a penalty last week. <sighs> no, it's not. It's I, really I, I, I not. Know, I know, but we've been over Okay, But, but again, the, right. the, this, this is what I'm saying. This I, is what, Sorry, this is what I'm saying. Both of these incidents, they're not really VAR issues. They are handball issues. Yeah, but that penalty that was given against Livingston yesterday yep. and also against Range, sorry, against Aberdeen on Saturday, yep. I think in the Premiership, they're not given. Yeah, but we don't play but, in the Premiership. But my point here is, is it's the interpretation. Yep. Each referee has a different interpretation as to what the handball uh, law uh, is. That's right? So there isn't yep. a clear-cut law out there. But you need to use your common sense. I think Celtic got that penalty yesterday because they didn't want the hoo-ha from last week and the game was already done. Although you shouldn't be refereeing games like that. But I think that'll be playing in the back of their head. Oh, I don't want to go through that nonsense we went through last week. And they gave the penalty. Let's move on from the handball stuff to something that's a little bit more clear-cut. So Tony Watt getting sent off for Dundee United against Motherwell on Saturday. Red card every day of the week. On first viewing, it looks like a Stonewall red card. It was obviously reviewed by VAR. It's clearly not a red card, Ian. It's <sighs> clearly not. Have you seen the angle from the other side? Yeah, where it right. looks like a red card and then you see it from about eight other angles and you see it's not. Mate, you he, can't... Ri- he rips the player's socks. No. When he comes down with studs. It's not a red card. It's not a red card, Stephen, he goes in with studs high. It's, it's just under card. the knee. It's hey, a ludicrous decision. He catches him clearly just below the knee and also it rips his socks. That's that's how forceful he went into that challenge. No, if you, I'm well, sorry, it's a red card. It's, it's I, not I, a red card. And do you know what? See at the time, at the time, everyone's going, "That's a scandalous decision." That was never a red card. He didn't even touch him. And then another camera angle came out. Then everybody who'd said that was never a red card are now saying, "Oh, that's a red card." Apart from the two people that you're standing across from. Yeah, who, but clearly you two have no clue what you're talking about, and, and you've it, not seen the angles I've seen. Oh, <laughs> you got you've got special angles, do you? That are no you, one else you, gets to see. You, you're obviously. I don't want your opinion because you're a Dundee United fan. Of course, of course, you're going to say it's not a red card because he's your player, he's your striker. But you're telling me, Stephen Mill, yep. under no circumstances is that deemed a red card in your opinion? Yes, it's in not today's a red, day and age. It's, it's not a red card for, for two reasons. Um, because you gave this example last week. When you slow everything down, everything looks worse, and that's exactly what you sent to me last night. It's slowed down, it looks worse. Right, so is that a yellow card? Yes, I think it's a... I, I, th- <laughs> I, I, I think it's a yellow card. Honestly! I think it's a yellow card <sighs> on the basis that it, it could have been a dangerous challenge. It wasn't a dangerous challenge. You honestly need to watch netball or something 
or you need to watch hockey or you need to watch rugby or you need to watch horse racing or you need to watch Formula One because you don't got a clue what you're talking about when it comes to football. That's a red card. It's not. It's absolutely not a red card. You need to change your sport. Go and watch darts or something, mate. Go and play pool. I think VAR got that very much wrong and it should have been overturned. It should have been a yellow card and that was it. But I'm sure our VAR chats will continue throughout the season here on the he's big wrong. Scottish No, no, he's not. And can I very one last thing? Firstly, clear and obvious. Has to be a clear and obvious. It was error. clear and obvious. It's not because the three of us can't agree. And and Almost everyone that's seen it has a different the, opinion. Hold on, on a minute. No, no, let me finish. Let me people. finish. Let me finish. Oh. Let me finish. Secondly, the referee didn't give a, a, a yellow card. He didn't even give a foul at the time because Tony Watt got the ball first. And that is the last thing I'll say in it. Yeah, there we go. So I think it's incorrect. It's an incorrect right. decision. Hold on a second. So VAR have said to the referee, go and have a wee look at that, right? Take a wee look because I think there might be something more to it. That's what VAR's there for. The referee could still stuck to his original decision and went, no, I'm sticking my decision. I was there on the pitch. There was no contact or sufficient enough contact for a red card, yet he's changed his opinion based on the camera evidence and ultimately has got it right. Tony no, Watt no. deserved his red card. Put it in your pipe and smoke it. And Stephen Mill, you get back to watching snooker and horse racing. <laughs> I like snooker and horse racing. <laughs> I do actually like snooker. I watched well, the darts yesterday. Good, because yeah. you're no good at football. Right, okay, let's move on anyway, because we've all got a life to move on with as well. <laughs> right, a little bit later on on the podcast, we are going to be joined by somebody who is a professor. A professor is going to be on the show. Somebody who's bright and intelligent. Yes, exactly. Bright and intelligent. He's a professor and he's written a book about whether Rangers died or not. See, so, if I was to have a title in front of my name, it would either be doctor or professor. Yeah, but you that's not going to happen. But that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Please welcome Professor Ewan Cameron. <laughs> Dr. Ewan Cameron will perform this life-saving surgery on you today. You'd be like Dr. Nick for The Simpsons. Uh, <laughs> right, let's move on to if Scottish football were us. So we asked you last week if Scottish football were a night out. And you constantly outdo yourselves every single week with some amazing shouts, but also ones we can't read out uh, because our company lawyers would bleed us dry while the complaints would charge us through their work. So Ewan, <laughs> once again, you get to pick the winner. Go. So let's go from Barlog, Chips Cheese and Gravison. Gravison. No, you're not having that. Move on. Move on, okay. We've got Spook Evans from Steve O. Like that. Swally McCoist. <laughs> uh, Tori Andre Dancefloor. <laughs> Jota Tequila. Rona Dyla Booze. Dyson, my dad's picking me up. <laughs> from Michael Douglas. That's not bad. Uh, Dick Advocate House. Advocate the cat house, house. The cat, cat house in Glasgow. Cat house, Glasgow. Again, for listeners who aren't in Glasgow, the cat house is a nightclub in Glasgow. Uh, that's from the friend of the podcast, Old Fun Facts, who was on a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Drunken Ferguson, Boogie Emery from Mikko. Uh, we've got Wim Danson from Miles Bonner and uh, Michael Douglas. Thank you very much. Wim Arch- Danson. Uh, Archie's McPherson. Again, another former nightclub in Glasgow. One Night Standy Halliday. I quite like One Night Standy Halliday. That's from JD as well. Uh, Klubomir Maravchik Shot Brown Spearmint Rhino Gattuso <laughs> that's, that's from George Burns uh, Square Kyogo Maybe at the end of the night If you're fancying that Oh Jesus uh, Karaoke Soong Young From Scott I mean I, Honestly It's too early in the morning for this uh, Stephen Presley From Brian Stalker Stephen Presley Stephen Presley Oh, Steeman. Yeah, Steeman. So happens when I night out. Exactly. Uh, let's move on to Scott McKenna. Remember a thing? McKenna, remember a thing? McKenna. 
Jolly McBurney from John McCormack. Hello to Kebab Douglas, Shots at Averlandsey, Raphael Fight from Michael Montagnani, <laughs> uh, Morris Slosh, uh, Cario Arneson from Adam McDonald, the Winch Premiership from Mark T. The Winch Premiership, yeah. I like that one. Uh, Aaron Got a Hickey from Andy. Harold brought back to my place. <laughs> um, Stephen Glast, that's from Andrew Edward. Uh, Diamond Dolly Mengers from Sasa Hands. Ophir Nut Marciano from Martin Wilson. Uh, Carlos Pina Colada uh, is quite good as well. Uh, Tony Blitz Patrick, um, that's from John Roth. Uh, Daryl Curry and Chips. Uh, Christian Naddy Nightpal, and uh, that's from Big G. And Out on the Ram Danny from Jason Howden. Who are we going for there? Harold Brat back to my place. Yep, absolutely. I agree with that. Well done, Andrew Edward. You have won this week of Scottish football. What a night out. So next week, we're looking for your shouts for if Scottish football were a cruise ship. <laughs> okay. For example, you could have Doc Steen. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so bad. Uh, Gally Maxwell. <laughs> Disembarker Sean Goss. <laughs> Disembarque Sean Goss Nah Nah okay. I'm not nah. Good. That's okay. absolutely terrible Carol Starboard Is quite good That I'm is like good that. Uh, oh, Not a Carl Naismith <laughs> <laughs> And Alan Mainsail So listen That's horrendous Those are horrible they'll, they'll come up with better ones than that yeah so get your suggestions in on at big football scott on twitter or you can search the big scottish football podcast on facebook and instagram for next week's episodes we are looking for a scottish football or a cruise ship at big football scott right let's move on to something else so ewan cameron is a man who likes to court controversy so when he saw an article this weekend about a falkirk fan and a sterling university professor who's written a book about whether or not rangers had died as a Scottish Sun article put it, he demanded we have him on. To that end, we're delighted to be joined on the line right now by Professor Brian Howison. How are you doing, Brian? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Much good to talk to you guys this morning. Uh, so listen, um, do you not like having a quiet life, Brian? I mean, what are you doing, mate? <laughs> That is that is a very, very fair point. I've been giving this quite a lot of thought over the last two or three years, thinking, goodness gracious, why am I doing this? But, well... <laughs> Willie Vass photographed me on Friday at the University of Stirling and he said, Brian, someone needed to write this book and I hope I offer some serious debate. And, you know, if it gets people thinking and talking and debating and discussing and disagreeing, that's no bad thing in my view. So the title of the book is Rangers Football Club 1998-2015 to A Descent into Chaos, A Resultant Chaos and An Emergence from the Chaos And mm-hmm. uh, so you can get it on Amazon right now, it's £15 And mm-hmm. I described it as, I mean I'm not going to I'm not going to get you to give away the ending, um, but for Celtic and Rangers fans, the perfect stocking filler to make them happy <laughs> or to make them sad or make them angry as well. So, um, um, Can I just ask a question from the get-go here? Is the old firm dead? Um, no. In my view, no. Now, this is a key point, Ewan, because it's amazing. Even, I mean, I'm giving a public lecture at the University of Stirling on the 10th of November. And I'm really keen as an academic to actually, what I've tried to do is make sense of the complexity of the story and then try and narrate that to a public audience. Now, in the book, I've made the point that actually, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not an accountant, but actually, the more you think about it, well, what I wanted to do was try and make sense of you. And for me, um, 
early on in writing this book, I had to make the distinction between the company and the club. Now, two law lords clearly say a company operates a club. And, you know, one of the problems with, it, with this story, Stephen and Ewan, was a lot of the language at the time was quite casual and lazy. The Herald came up with this headline about, you know, uh, Rangers are dead. Well, actually, that's not true. What had happened was the Rangers Football Club is operated by a company called the Rangers Football Club PLC. It was the company that was placed in liquidation process, and it's still in the liquidation process. The football club was sold to another company called Circle Scotland Limited, which changed its name to Rangers Football Club Limited. And that is the company that operates the club today. So I don't believe it's dead at all, in my view. Now, a lot of people may disagree with that, but I think there's a clear distinction between a company that operates a football club. Brian, it sounds like you're trying to apply logic to a logicless situation, an illogical situation. Well, what happened really, Stephen, was I remember sitting, because uh, I returned to the University of Stirling, I remember sitting um, in my office at Stirling about 2012, watching that press conference, the Duffin Phelps press conference, and thinking, goodness, what is going on here? Just what is going on here? And then Duffin Phelps produced their first administrator's report on the 5th of April. And it talks about the history and pedigree of this football club. And you think, actually, irrespective of one's views on Rangers or Celtic, this is a serious football club. And what happened when some three or four months later, they're playing Beacon City in their Amsterdam's Cup and then demoted. So I started to think about this and perhaps as an academic, or as a boffin, I, I may say, we try to try and figure out what happened. And that's what I've tried to do is figure out exactly what happened. My view clearly is that the, the football club the stakeholders, the employees, not just the players, well, the players were employees, they were, in my view, the victims of the corporate rangers being bought and sold. And I think the club did suffer. Um, and one of my take-home messages for the book is to all football fans, including my team, Falkirk, we should be maybe a bit mindful of actually who owns and operates the football club in which we support. And really, what is, Are you saying what is, then this could happen to any of our football clubs where the company that owns a club could be liquidated? Yes, well, what was quite interesting, you and was at Falkirk, remember the chap two or three years ago who came out of the blue and was interested, I think his name was Mark Cooper, and he was interested in buying Falkirk. And I thought, well, what does that mean? Gordon Wardle, a fellow Bairns, had an article in the Sunday Mail at the time saying, look, just be careful about these people who come out of the blue, you know, and buy your club. And one does wonder, if we were to really audit it, how many of these great traditional football clubs in Scotland and England are owned by people that we don't really know and what is their agenda? Well, Craig Craig White was definitely one of those individuals that just appeared from absolutely nowhere to take over at Rangers. But my question is this, Brian, if Celtic play Rangers tomorrow, who do you want to win? (laughs) Well, I grew up supporting Rangers, so um, I'm, I'm really okay with that. I would want Rangers to win. But what I will say... So you're more likely to write a positive book about Rangers than not? Well, again, people will will say that, but the key point, uh, and this is what I do, because I've started to get some kind of unpleasant things. As an academic, if I do my job properly, 
properly, I should offer breadth and depth to the area of study. Yeah, and listen, and don't will... listen, Brian. I'm not saying you're wrong because I think you're bang on the money. The Rangers Football Club's mm. history is still there. They've, uh, they've won 55 titles. They've got a great history, a great European history as well. They are still the same club, and I agree with what you're saying. It was a different management structure was in place. It was a different company that was in place, and that was what died. The company, well, not the club. Well, there was a casual and at times lazy language about this that made it quite difficult to understand. So when we talk about Rangers, are we talking about, I think most of us are talking about that place down in Govan, where the guys playing blue blue, blue tops that were playing there on Saturday, but that's different from the companies that operate it. And that's what I'm getting at. Do we really know who owns, who runs a club and what their agenda is? I do give some benefit of the doubt to Craig White and Charles Green, and we must remember that Craig White, in his trial in 2017, he was found not guilty. He was portrayed as the pantomime villain, in inverted commas, but actually, I don't believe it was ever like Charles Green they were ever going to be about for the long term. But, you know, I actually think that Craig White thought he could make it work. I do. I think he thought he could make it work. In my view, he was probably a bit politically naive. Stephen, you started by saying to me, look, Brian, you're putting your head above the parapet. Did Craig White not realise if he was going to buy Rangers Football Club that he was going to be very much in the public domain? I actually give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he tried to make it work, but it didn't work for him. Well, listen, it sounds like regardless of your point of view that is probably already ingrained in, the book is yeah. worth a read. It just, does sound like it. Just in terms of maybe opening your horizons a little bit. And understanding it more. Yeah, 100%. Obviously, there's been so much work put into this. It's Rangers Football Club, 1998 to 2015. A descent into chaos, a resulting chaos, and an emergence from chaos. It's by Professor Brian Howison from Stirling University. And Brian, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this morning. Thanks very much, Brian, and good luck. Stephen, Stephen can I just say, I look forward to Falkirk destroying the powers on Saturday. <laughs> and uh, I will be there when you're in Chicago, OK? Yeah, I don't <laughs> buy his book at OK, from that horror show which will be that man's notifications a little bit later on today on Twitter. We'll move on. What's the scariest thing you've ever seen in Scottish football? Because it is a Halloween spooktacular. <laughs> and what we're calling this? What's the scariest thing you've seen in Scottish football? Yeah, it's the Rocky Bashiri horror picture show. Yeah, terrible. Uh, right, Bilal Moshney and his fists of fury from Big Uncle James. Remember that when Bilal Moshney started like fighting all the mother? Oh, that's right, aye. Players yeah, in the yeah, playoff yeah. and all the rest Was that of scary? It? it was kind of scary, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Blackthorn Rangers kit unveiling from 2013-14 with such signings as Cammy Bell, Nicky Clark, John Daly, Nicky Law and Stephen Smith. That's from Albert's Legend. A scary time for Rangers fans indeed. What about Andy Boy, who says the scariest thing in Scottish football is Craig Burley's smile? <laughs> it was back in the day, but he works on ESPN now and he's had his teeth done. So. 1998 World Cup, when he scored that goal against Norway, the fangs were out. What about Joe Jordan's smile from Hibby Mick back in the yes. day? Again, not a pretty sight. The four armed Hibs fans on the pitch at Hamden after David Gray's last minute winner against Rangers. That's from Scott Killen. Stigary indeed. Imagine not winning a cup for 116 years. Scary stuff. And it's something that Hearts love to remind Hibs fans about. Hello and to now can I do it. Barrington Chesterfield, which I hope is your real name. He says the scariest thing in Scottish football is Brandon Barker's hair. I mean, pre-transplant. 
That was terrible. Was flopping all over the place. Okay. He's here, here mate. A few, shouts, a few shouts for this one. When Mark McGee offered to go naked if Dundee won a game. <laughs> Remember that last season? <laughs> That's the scariest one. <laughs> Nothing's beyond that. Well, I don't know, because Baz says, what about Stevie Fulton? He was scary. He wasn't scary. To look at, he was. I loved him as a player. Do you know that... St- I'm sure he's. I'm sure I read somewhere that his nickname when he was at Hearts was the White Van Man because he looked like a white van man. <laughs> and do you know what Stephen Fulton does now? He's, is a, he? white, he's a white van man. He's <laughs> <laughs> a white van man. That's from Baz. So, hello to Rid Van Nistelrooy who said, the flyer for talking balls with Ewan Cameron and Alan Ruff oh, from the Real Radio Forum. That's <laughs> the worst flyer ever. <laughs> You look Can awful. I, I look awful, right? So I'm not well in that picture. And also my teeth. What's wrong with my teeth? Can I tell you, I was actually going through issues with my teeth at that time and I had a few operations because I'd knocked my teeth out many years ago yep. when I was living in the Middle East. And that picture was like mid-operation. Fixing, fixing them. So I don't know why I put such a big cheesy smile. I just... I just. <laughs> All right, that's, that's even, you. Even, even I would say I was scary. Look- I mean, I'm a, I'm a good-looking lad, but seeing that picture, <laughs> that picture, definitely not. Right, so that's your excuse. What's Ruffy's excuse? <laughs> <laughs> just the fact he looks like Ruffy. Uh, <laughs> if you've not seen it, by the way, we'll retweet it from our Twitter account. And uh, Red Van Nistelrooy says you could put on the mantelpiece to keep the kids away for the fire. 100%. Lots of shouts for David Dodds, as you'd expect. That's from Kaffers and uh, Robert McDonald in particular. Bert Conterman. Playing for Rangers. Well, that goal he scored against Celtic. Yeah. That I mean, thunderbolt of a free kick? No, he, he, it wasn't a free kick. It was, a, it was just a shot from yeah. outside the box. I mean, he was a figure of ridicule, Bert Conterman. Then he just pops up and scores that goal. Yeah, he scored that. That's from Simon and Gordon Stewart. When Jane O'Toole dislocated her knee mid-game, popped it back in place. Oh, yes. And played on for the rest of the game. That's well from Michael Ogilvie. <sighs> yeah. How anyone can do that? Well done. Jerry Taylor says... The most frightening thing, scariest thing you've seen in Scottish football is a Ryan Christie free kick. <laughs> Rosehead. Particularly if you're in Rosehead. That <laughs> Henrik Larson leg break as well from oh, Tina Marie. Oh, the worst. Was it Leon or Bordeaux? It was, they were yeah, it was a European game in France. It was the worst. Umar Sadiq's dive from Lindstrom Loyal. Oh, yes, I remember that. And from everyone, the overwhelming thing, the winner of the scariest thing you've ever seen in Scottish football is the thought of Ewan Cameron's perfectly shaved body from neck down. Not many people know that I shave. And you've just revealed it. Everyone knows now. Yeah. I do like to keep it's clean and tidy. I've showed you. No, I don't want to see it. No, you I did can't. look though. No. Remember that night we had um, no, a wee pizza and a couple of drinks? No. Did you show them? I showed them. Horrendous. Really? Yeah. I went straight to HR and believe it's still going through the process. So. <laughs> Good. Got the skin of a baby seal. Okay, moving swiftly on. So, our dreadful teams in Europe are back for one final fling this week. Shut up. What? Hearts have won two games. Against a Latvian pub team. And, by the way, fair play, Hearts, for holding up the coefficient. Thank you. I must say. Cheers. I'll give you that. Thank you. At least we're there. Because you still get points for beating Latvian pub teams. So... Your final predictions, Ewan Cameron, is the final Ewan's Eurovision of the year because all our teams have been pumped out before Christmas. So, Tuesday night, Rangers versus Ajax, 8pm at Ibrox. What's the score, Ewan Cameron? Can you believe this, that Rangers, with no points 
and a minus 19 goal difference still have a chance to qualify for Europe after the World Cup? Well, if they beat Ajax 5 0. That's what I'm saying. Can you believe they're still in with a shot? I mean, it's not going to happen. <laughs> well, it's, not, it's, not, it's definitely well, not going to happen. They're not. they're not. But to think that they're still in with a shot is quite remarkable. And yes, they won't do it. But I think they might just sneak a win. I thought they were excellent against Aberdeen in that second half. And if they turn up with that intensity and the fans get behind them, I think they could win that. So I'm going to go. I'm actually. I think they'll go for it. a bit like remember Scotland when they played Holland in 1978, and we went three one up, and everyone starts to believe. Oh, we could do this. We could do this. Get one more goal, and then Ruffy concedes a 40 yarder from Johnny Rett. Yeah. And then we win the game three two. I think Rangers could go like three nil up. And the Rangers fans will be going, oh, we could do this. And then they'll score one. So I'm going to go 3-1 Rangers against Ajax on Ibrox. OK, Real Madrid versus Celtic. Quarter to six kickoff on Wednesday. What are we thinking there? <sighs> Real Madrid drew, drew yesterday. Well, they need to win there. Well, 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 aye, they drew, no, they won it 2-1 in the last minute. Oh, did they? Last minute. Right, OK. They were 1-1 one, one up. One because I had them on my coupon. <laughs> All right, okay. Um, so yeah, they were one-one against one of the lower teams at the Bernabeu, and they won it in the last seconds, two-one. They didn't. They did. Did VAR chop it off? VAR chopped it off. VAR chopped it off. Tony Cruz, yeah. Oh, chopped off. Chopped yeah. off. I saw it two-one, so I must have got. Oh wow. Girona, Girona. Oh. Yeah, Girona. Here's the thing about Real Madrid. After they got beat by RB Leipzig, they now need something from the game. Yeah, to win the league. To win, yeah, to, to, win, to, to, to win the group. Yeah. To win the group, but you want to win the group because you get off a, 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 a better draw. Yeah. So they now need someone from the game. So I was thinking that if Celtic were to go there and they were resting their players, that they might get a respectable result. But now that they need to win it to win the group, I fear for Celtic, especially if they go gung ho like Celtic do. So I'm going to go three nil Real Madrid. And Thursday at three thirty in the afternoon, Istanbul Bashakir. Versus Hearts. I kind of hinted at it when we talked about the Hearts game from uh, Sunday against Ross County. Um, this game is irrelevant. We're already out of Europe. I think the big game for us this week is Motherwell at Tynecastle. I think we just throw in the reserves. And what's the score going to be? 4-0 to Istanbul. Istanbul. Okay, 4 0 okay. to Istanbul, and uh, Hearts have picked up a million pounds in prize money by beating the Latvian team twice. And I hope we reinvested the, the money correctly and we come back better and stronger in Europe next year. Okay, okay. Right, that is the final Ewan's Eurovision. It's been a pleasure this year. I've been uh, good at it. Uh, well, I've been generally quite good. Yeah, well, Shut up, why are you nodding? Right, any other business? Anything else you've got for us? Is that the show done? That's the show done. Yeah, we're all done. Um, any other business? Now, yeah. You happy? Uh, do you want to take me for breakfast? Are you busy? Yeah, I could do, yeah. I do have a couple of things to do, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to Twitter debate around the boy we just had on. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that, Brian. That is us. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on whichever podcast provider you use so you don't miss a podcast. And you can keep an eye on our socials for if Scottish football were a cruise ship. <laughs> So you can post there and we'll get back to you next week. Now, no podcast next Monday because I'm still in Chicago. But I think Tuesday we'll record the podcast. I yes. think Tuesday, yes. So we'll record it on Tuesday next week. So slightly delayed. Don't worry about it. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. But bye-bye, you and Cameron. Bye-bye. And bye-bye from me, Stephen Mill. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your week.